It's not the music. <laughs> That's the music. Thank you for rejoining with us for our four of our 12-part series on the history of toilets. Mm-hmm. Joining us today, we'll be discussing for the next hour the history of the ballcock. Joining us is Corey Gaston. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. George. H- Hello, Donnie. Uh, the master of the toilet, Ian. <laughs> I got it. Yes. Yes, in fact. Thank you for having me. The inventor of a thousand flushes, we have Travis. <laughs> I'm good with P-traps. <laughs> a woman who has never seen the inside of a man's journal is Katie. Pleasure to be here. And of course, as always, our sound editor and master aimer, Jason. Yeah, they, they took that second title away. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, am your master of urination ceremonies, Donovan, and today is episode 92, The Changing Face of Horror. <laughs> what exactly? That are, was so beautiful. What exactly are the um, things that are expected of the master of urinal ceremonies? I, I No peeking. Oh you, yeah, you never you never look over to the next stall. Oh okay. When you said they took the title away from you, all I could think of was Gene Wilder in Blazing Saddles. Mm. <laughs> it was like this is the hand I shoot with. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. Uh, was it the league that had the uh, the, the P bib? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was just using their their uh, wedding napkins. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're like monogram napkins. <laughs> So how was everybody's week last week, this week, uh, whatever week we're in? Oh, I lost count. I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's this week now? It is this week oh now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm beginning to be able to breathe again, so I'm happy with that. Hey, Congratulations. Corey's no longer dying. You know, well, Donnie, you started us with such a low energy <laughs> intro. I feel like we're all kind of... Yeah, laid back. I'm playing it on NPR. We're I'm, not a podcast anymore. We I'm, talk radio. I'm Tom Cocaine, and this is all things considered. <laughs> is that the cousin of Corey Cauliflower? No, that's a that's a <laughs> legitimate actually, dude. No, I on know. NPR. His name is Tom Cocaine. Cocaine. It's like he got fired from Crazy Ira and the Douche, and then he just went NPR with it. Yeah. Hi, Donnie. Howdy, folks. Yeah. How y'all doing? <laughs> We're doing good. You got some news we for us? We do. So. I actually have some. I have an apology I have to issue, actually. It's before about we time. Johnny, <laughs> I think you do a fantastic job, and I'm glad we got you out of the toilet that you started in in this series. <laughs> so, welcome. Uh, Thank no, you. My apology actually goes to End of the Spider-Verse, because I went into that with uh, a lot of skepticism, and I said some things about Post Malone I shouldn't have. <laughs> what? Oh! Oh, Lies. what? What? Don't you recant. What? Give him a check and let him talk, Jason. No, what? no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I finally, I got a chance to sit down and watch that movie and I watched it with my daughter and she just absolutely lost her mind. She mm. thought it was one of the coolest things and I was impressed. I haven't been that stuck to a, an animated film in a very long time. So you guys have been singing the praises for a while. I was skeptical. I'm going to go ahead and 
eat my words. Small moment. The the thing with him kind of kind of singing along with Post Malone that was adorable. You got to give him that. No, and this is why I had to go back on it. All right, yeah, it's a moment. It's a cute moment. It It was such a love letter to the Spider Verse. It was so good. And only Jason is left shaking his head negatively now. What's the matter, Jason? Post Malone is what's from at the have, have, have you seen the movie yet, Jason? <laughs> it has nothing to do with Into the Spider-Verse. Post, no, that's to do with Post Malone. S- right. Post Malone is the new Tommy Wiseau. I'm just going to uh, infect no. everyone with it. You know what? No. I, I no. had a realization after we talked about it last week, and I think that for me, what I really wish is that everybody could just hear Post Malone without auto-tune. Like, if auto-tune had never <laughs> been a thing, I would love to hear that dude without. Yeah, but then we'd have a whole generation of dead air on the radio, so... Well, no, no, because, uh, like, to to talk to that point, there was that show that you really liked with the mascots singing. Oh, the mask singer, yes. Yeah. And (laughs) the dude that won that was T-Pain. Right. And he was proving a point. That's the whole reason he went on that show, was to prove he could do it without auto-tune. Because he'd always done the auto-tune thing, and he slayed it, apparently. I don't know, I didn't watch the show. <laughs> the monster, okay. the big fuzzy thing. Oh, okay. Thing. So, yeah. right. True. T Pain used Jen to do watching it. So. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I'm just saying it, there I'll may also be say something this. there. Y'all know they can use auto tune live. Just because he was doing yeah. it live doesn't mean it wasn't auto tuned. Well, it's not. Well, <laughs> I don't have a counterpoint. That, so, okay. No, that would be understandable to do that because these are already established established uh, established musicians. It's not a singing competition; they don't win anything. Well, no, they're they're performance artists, not necessarily musicians. I think is maybe more of the right. I, yeah, I don't want to speak for you, Jason, but kind of in my mind, the the whole point is here. I wouldn't go uh, see, for me at least, I wouldn't go see Skrillex live because I could. See that I have a mop anywhere. in my closet already. There you go. But that's the same kind of point. Like, if there's an algorithm that performs for them, are they really doing anything other than you know the the auto tuned dancing to a choreographed you know pre stage presentation? So I don't know if I'd call them musicians. It is a that show from what I've seen is a huge theatrical event. Every time somebody performs, it's not necessarily about the voice. It's about the big costumes. It's about the backup people. Hi, Donnie. Sorry, y'all. We went down a weird tangent. <laughs> so you like Auto Spider-Verse, tune, huh? Auto-tune is the one thing in the world that makes me stand on my porch like an old man and like wave my newspaper at the world. So, Fair enough. My, my thing's with uh, multiplayer online video games. Oh, see, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So in some news. <laughs> so Captain Marvel this week passed the $1 billion mark weeks ahead of prediction. So for all those rabid fanboys that boycotted the movie, congratulations. <laughs> you were, you, you were did just, it. You're just as ineffectual as we all knew you were. <laughs> yep. um, you've, you've just managed to be socially impotent as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I saw that, I saw that the I new didn't think that was that ballsy of a statement, that but okay. Was no, it was amazing. No, it was on point. That was beautiful. In other Marvel news, um, the in-game ticket sales sold out almost instantly. Endgame? In-game. What's that? It's the last Avenger. There's a new <laughs> Avengers movie coming? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark's oh. dying in on the in a space station. Not according no, to... No, we're not going with the shtick. Go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it beat out a uh, previous record held by the Star Wars franchise. Um, well, people are scalping these tickets now, aren't they? So, there's we actually posted a picture up on our Facebook page. There is a set of tickets in Reno, Nevada, currently going for 
$25,000. That's just dumb. Who? Why? There's no way. Yeah, it's happening, folks. There's been actual ticket sales up in so far that have actual, they can prove that it was paid in the range of $8,000 for a set of tickets. To see a movie that you could see on Monday for 12 bucks. Yes. So is this where we're at with the cultural zeitgeist? It's exactly where we are now. Well, it's not everybody in the world that's that dumb. I mean, I'm sure there's a, f- a few people out there, but like, you know, no, nobody in their right mind actually does that. I just want to know how to get in on it. Like, what do you have to do <laughs> to prove to people that like, no, what? no, you, I, I could see you tomorrow at lunch. But if you want to see me now, this is <laughs> this is the bastard child of Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, God. At Black Friday. Yeah. From like 93. Like all the way up till now, which is ridiculous. Like, it just <laughs> snowballs, which is ridiculous because for everybody's opinion of that of the first movie, nobody was like raving about it. Like this is my favorite movie ever. I can't wait for the next one to come out. Like so, how why many is- how many people just are schnookered into thinking that Adamant or uh, Ant Man's <laughs> actually going to go up Thanos' butt? <laughs> they're and like, they're like, no, nope, I have to be there to see that. <laughs> First in line. I want to see the market research that these people selling these tickets for $25,000 are looking at. They're like, yes, somebody's definitely going to pay this much money for this ticket. Well, so, okay, for the Star Wars movie, the last, what was it, eight? Or, yeah, eight. The last, the last There Jedi. were people that was buying the entire tickets for an entire showing, the entire theater, mm-hmm. just so he could sit by himself and enjoy it. So you're still talking eight grand right there in ticket sales just to one person. Well, that so, guy's just an well, right, but I'm saying that it's not just a oh, he's a fan. <laughs> Touche. Makes what is, it stink everywhere. What is the odd? What is the average uh, movie house seat? It depends. Like a hundred people. It, honestly, anywhere from a hundred up to five hundred, depending on if we're talking like an IMAX or interesting. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you doing the math? No. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> math nerd. Are you ordering ammunition online right now? <laughs> but it no. has been it has been confirmed with the ticket sales that the movie is over three hours, so oh. be prepared, folks, when you go to see it. Buy two extra large pops so you have one to pee in. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other in-game news. Actually, yes. Do you think they should have an intermission for the peeing purposes? No. For three-hour movie? I want to have the let's all go to the lobby thing with just the cartoon Avengers no. dancing across the screen. <laughs> you know why? No. So you're going to have half the theater go out to, to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. The movie's going to start back up when they say it's going to start back up. Yeah. And then for 20 minutes, you're going to have people just meandering in, yeah. getting in your way. No. That's a terrible that. idea. So is this why they split bigger things like that, like the last Harry Potter movie, into two separate movies? Yes. Because they yeah. hit that? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. they do that so they can capitalize. Yeah. But okay. well, a- AMC is doing a 51-hour marathon of every Marvel movie. Without a pee break. Without a pee break. Well... I think there's a break in between each movie. As oh, okay. As <laughs> I was like, dear God, that's no. <laughs> not humanly possible. You're going to get bed sores. Like, no. <laughs> Just like, I've got a hose and a bag tapped to my leg. <laughs> like, that's not. Yeah, I'm getting cathed right now to prepare. <laughs> Well, people, st- mm, nope. <laughs> people, people are just going to be like, wait a minute. There was a Hulk movie with Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> Do those fall under the Marvel Cinematic Universe? The movies? Ed Norton one does. Yeah. But not the Eric Banner one. Not the Eric Banner no. one. Okay. 
So we have Tim Roth as a canon character in the... Yes. He's Abomination. Yep. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, In other in-game news, uh, Joe Russo, one of the directors, is claiming that Stan Lee cameo will be the last cameo, which contradicts the... I don't remember his name. The director of Spider-Man Far From Home was saying that would be the last cameo, so... We'll see. Are they fighting over it at this point? I don't know. We, for... we love him more. No, we love him yes. more. There's going to be another movie announced next year called Marvel's The Last Cameo. <laughs> um, I would go I would go to AMC and just watch a, a movie of just Stan's cameo. There's, yeah. there's actually several <laughs> clips out yeah. there that somebody's yeah. spliced all of yeah. his cameos together. Mm-hmm. That's on YouTube. Yeah. 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 So, But I'd go I'd, see it on the big screen. I'd be surprised if they don't do some sort of digital Stan Lee for future I own his visage I'm sure they do see and I was told that he went in and filmed just a whole bunch of just random cameo stuff to have a catalog for it oh we talked about it on the podcast yeah and that was what three years ago I think when he they said that he had done it don't know if it's true or not but that's kind of cool if he did um, other in-game news. <laughs> I can't there. wait for just the oddly wedged in, like, right. Stanley. Yeah, it's like, uh, that had nothing to do with I, I was filmed 25 just, years ago. The know, one he did for Captain Marvel. buying a banana. <laughs> <laughs> the one he did for Captain Marvel has to be my favorite cameo so far, though. Have you, you haven't seen it yet. Mm-mm. So the cameo is he's actually reading his script for Mallrats, and he's practicing <gasps> it on a city bus. <gasps> Over and over and over again because it's oh. the nineties, <laughs> right? That is awesome. Which that uh, that was probably the most clever one I think they've ever done. So oh. um, they're also saying that there is going to be no after credit scene. Yeah, I don't know if that's a rumor or not because that's breaking a huge Marvel tradition at What's, this point. There, I mean, from everything they've said, this is the end of this phase, quote unquote. They like, are twenty-two movies deep, right? So, I mean, if they were going to not do it in one movie, this is kind of, I mean, wherever this movie but ends. don't they need to be kind of setting up for the next phase? I guess we'll, once we see the movie, we'll know. Maybe they're, started, maybe they're trying to start, like, very, very fresh of, like, this is what we're talking about of, like, this is oh the end game. So they're just 20, like, we're not setting it up for anything. We're just going to go. 2025 Avengers reboot. I'm calling it. No. I'm calling it. No. Well, we've seen how well that goes in the comic. Do you think no. they'll wait that long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I don't think they'll wait that long. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're kind of ignoring that they just picked up X-Men again, so we're going to see the big team ensemble Avengers thing get put to bed here. Disney just picked up all of the X-Men. And, and they, they're, they're going to have to spend time rebuilding that franchise mm-hmm. also because yeah. they are going with a whole new cast, mm-hmm. which means we're going to have to get a whole new origin story told of the oh, X-Men. It also means there's a second chance for Gambit. Yes. No. <laughs> That's actually... No. Nope. That was actually part of the news today. <laughs> Disney is actually mulling uh, over the Gambit movie. They're looking uh, at the existing script, seeing if there's something they can do with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one. I am not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I am very unhappy. That, that was my favorite thing that's ever happened just now. <sighs> That was the most restrained response. I, I That's how you could tell her anger is real. I love how that went from me joking to it being a reality. That yeah, pleased yeah. me no end. Thank you, Donnie. No problem. Thank You're you. the watcher, Jason. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. <laughs> so let, let's get into the, the, the white elephant in the room. Uh, the Joker trailer finally launched <laughs> this week. <laughs> That's a thing. So, big well, fan, Travis. Who else watched it? I am actually looking forward to watching it. 
looking forward to watching the movie or the, the trailer? trailer or no, what? I watched the trailer on oh, the, no. when I went to lunch. Okay. okay. How many of us called it? How many of us called that he was going to try to defend it? <laughs> mm, I'd, I'd say a good half. <laughs> not it. <laughs> why? Travis, Travis, I'm not mad at you. I just want you to explain to me why you think it's going to be a good movie. I'm not saying it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Caveat. <laughs> I'm just... I, I, while watching the trailer, it looked like they, well, what I hope that they're going to try and do is like a, a kind of pre-war uh, of jokes and riddles joker where he's just kind of beat down with life and doesn't think anything's funny and then finds the joke, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. But I also watched a video saying that they were making the movie up as they went. So, <laughs> which sounds very DC. Yeah, it's got a couple people from Atlanta in it, which I thought was weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got a. It's got Paperboy and whatever Donald Glover's girlfriend. So, De Niro apparently has a ha, had a lot of input into the story. Robert. So. Yeah. What? I am even less invested. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think I could get less invested, but I now I am. I'm just sitting here watching Donnie Dark and more and more like a storm <laughs> on the horizon. I, that's not, it still sounds like something that I would watch just to hate in detail. Well, you don't like the Jimmy Durante song that they ruined? No. <laughs> no, I don't. You leave that man alone. Come on, Donnie. Let's hear it. I want to hear your honest yeah. opinion. Come on. Come on. You're all going to hate me for this. <gasps> Good. Oh, no. The Joker, I have made this clear many podcasts, is one of my all-time favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. I hated everything I saw before this trailer. Okay. I am extremely intrigued with this style of film in a comic book genre. It has never been done as an art house piece before. This, It's a very, for me, it felt extremely like Taxi Driver. Which I got from it as well. Yeah, right. me too. Um, Derek was saying that he felt uh, a very Norman Bates, Norma Bates with the mother mm-hmm. thing, which may go that route. Um, I'm very intrigued. I'd like to. I don't think it's going to be. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be a comic book movie. Right. If you go into this, not I'm not going to be going into it expecting a preconceived notion of what I want for a Joker. I'm going to go into this as an art house film, and it's a Joker character. I guess I hadn't considered it and looked at it from that perspective. I've been looking at it more from the uh, Jared Leto angle. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm taking comic book history completely out of wanting to see this movie and just see it for the art piece that they're trying to make. And, and so that is something I'm so incredibly happy to hear you say, uh, because that... Uh, I that's a really enlightened way to go especially with your favorite character right Mm -hmm. and so like that kind of thing I think more people are missing that type of thing I will probably see it but I've got to admit that the trailer bored me stupid (laughs) (laughs) I was like I just it was two and a half minutes of him being either sad or beaten up. Right. And I just, fe- I couldn't care less. Now, you guys have given it some perspectives yeah. that I didn't come away from with that that perhaps, you know, maybe I'll give it another shot. And, but my initial reaction was, this just looks like footage from his, like, 
ongoing weird thing that he did with Casey Affleck. <laughs> yeah, I saw that it had that kind of undertone of like the comedian from The Watchmen where yeah. he just snaps one day and gets it. And yeah. Yeah. I get, so I didn't pick that up, but I can see that now. And so, you know, maybe. So that actually kind of reminds me of whenever The Dark Knight first came out. I didn't like it because it's very much not a superhero movie. And I had a friend, and I was like, I don't like this. This isn't Batman. And he goes, you're right. Don't look at it as a Batman movie. Look at it as a action hero, like, ninja dude fighting. Like, just it's an action movie. It's not necessarily a superhero movie. And I look at it, and I look back at that now, I'm like, okay, no, that movie's rad now. Isn't Batman so, an action hero ninja movie, dude? Right, but it's not a, he's not a superhero. <laughs> oh. You're talking about The Dark Knight. Yes. I didn't like it at first. It wasn't Batman to me. Not The Dark Knight Rises. No. I, well, that one, yes, also. But you're, you're speaking about the, with the Heath Ledger movie. Yes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. But Too late. I think... <laughs> If we're going to see the superhero genre survive on the big screen, movies like this, movies like Brightburn, yeah, we need these type of movies to prolong the life of this genre. Because honestly, like you're saying, the Marvel universe is 22 movies deep so far. We're over a decade in. People are getting event fatigue just going every summer to these movies. We need a fresh take on these movies. And they've been event fatigue for a long time. If DC has find some weird, obscure success in this movie, that they're going to start to kind of start going into building things back up, but in reverse direction from like the bad guys kind of a thing. I think with DC because they've got such a catalog of the obscure characters, the the you know the Grant Morrison characters, totally, yeah, all these ones. I think if this does well, we can see these these lesser known characters get a proper treatment. Halle Berry as Catman. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly I think because I I wasn't a fan of the comics, but I think they're doing awesome with Doom Patrol right now mm. on the DC Universe channel. Sure, yeah, it's, I've heard good things. It's honestly it's a fresh take on they're, they're, it's very Brendan adult Fraser. yeah well Brendan, <laughs> he's, honestly he's become my favorite character on that, that no I know it's a fresh take on him yeah now. it is <laughs> but I think this is how DC is going to be able to survive the Marvel DC <laughs> cinematic universe war is to take the chances that aren't being taken by Marvel so the other the other uh, addendum to that case to totally prove your point is Shazam Shazam is coming at it from, you know, big as a superhero movie, which is what the story is anyway. But, I mean, seriously, that is such a cool take on it. Like, when they announced it, the first time you saw him on the suit, you're like, ah, this is going to be terrible. But it looks amazing. The trailer did completely turn Shazam around for me. I'm really excited to watch it. It looks really good. And so it's it's just proving your point. That's a different yeah. And and I think DC has learned their lesson that it can't be all dark and gritty. Without you've got to have the humor on the back end. To there's got to be a balance. Um, Aquaman started showing that. Yeah, definitely. Or you've got to start telling a different story. You can't keep going with the diatribe of every single just do the superhero epic movie formula which, which is yeah yeah like we've seen it so many times do something different and they're starting to do that now and it's starting to show 
Yeah. So let, hopefully maybe the, the Batman reboot that they're currently talking and working out, maybe they'll get a fresh take on that too. And we'll see something that we haven't seen from Batman yet. Shelve it, do Batman Beyond. Let's go. I would like that. I would also, cool. I would like a, a Batman detective movie. He's oh, supposed to cool. be the world's greatest detective, Please. but we never see him being a detective. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> Please, oh. I need a Batman oh, detective man. movie. That back signal noise just totally wiped my thought I just had. <laughs> Sorry for that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Wait, let's oh. see if it comes back. Have we, have we thought about the fact that Kevin Conroy could play old Bruce Wayne in the Batman Beyond movie? Oh, uh, Michael yeah. Keaton could yeah. awesomely play. Because look at Michael Keaton today. You got a couple options, I guess. Yeah, but he... Kevin Conroy... I love that man. He's the best Batman, in my opinion. Yes. Sure. But he doesn't look like old man Batman. Like, Michael Keaton has the look of the animated yeah, Batman no, beyond right. Batman. You are right. Mm-hmm. You definitely have that right. Yeah. I I mean, it's, he's not even trying, and he's got the yeah, look down. He does, yeah. yeah. scary. <laughs> totally. So. Yeah. Well, it's the eyebrows. He just got. <laughs> it, it's honestly, it's the way he's balding and the gray. And he the just wrinkles. got in the cowl and never really got all the way out. He's because but, half but his he hair came off when he took it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you, you know, that, that, that every time I think of Michael Keaton as Batman? All I can picture is the Animaniacs episode where he pulls up to Planet Hollywood in the Batmobile, <laughs> and they offered to take his coat, and he unzips the Batsuit, and it's just podgy little <laughs> Michael Keaton stepping out of it, and he's like, here, hang that up. Nice. <laughs> what In news kind of related to our topic, I saw that um, apparently Wesley Snipes is coming back as Blade. Ah! That... It, I tried to find uh, an article that actually confirmed it, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. You know, I'm wondering if that was an April Fool's thing it, or yeah. you guys just Uh-oh. crushed my whole life. Yeah, well, the thing that. is, is that he's still basically owing the IRS millions and millions. So any big project he does, he doesn't get paid. Yeah, give me a new blade. I don't need. I don't need Wesley Snipe again. I yeah. want it though. Honestly, why? Because well, we haven't seen a vampire movie really for a while, have we? Has there been any there recent? Been- Big vampire. Uh, the new Nosferatu with a hacker speak is coming out. It's a license plate, but yeah. Well, yeah. What? There's You're a Nosferatu movie. It's, it's based, it's based N-O. on the Joe Hill novel. Yeah. Nosferatu. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so it's terrifying. It should be out here in the next month or so because all summer blockbusters come out in May. It, I That's going to be a Netflix, I think. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. I mean, the End of the Shadows, I think, is the last thing. I, or what we do in the shadows, not End of the Shadows. Oh, oh, the new TV show? I haven't seen it yet. Have you I seen the movie? Either. No. The movie's fantastic. The movie's, the movie's amazing. Hysterical. But the, the, the show looks hilarious. That's yeah. FX? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. But mm-hmm. watch that movie. Okay. Watch the movie. I will. It's on, it's on Prime, I think. It's great. In other Netflix news, John Chow, Cho, Cho. Cho has been cast as the lead in Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, he's the yes. lead? He's I didn't the lead. Okay, I didn't know that he was the lead. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. One of the guys from Luke Cage yeah. is going to be Jet. Um, I can't remember the girl that's playing Faye, uh, but the cast is rounding out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think it all hinges on whether or not they have Tank as the soundtrack. Because yeah. without that, I mean, that's such it's an integral sh- part of it. Like, I don't. It's s- not the show if they don't do well, it. This thing has been in production hell for 
10 years, I want to say. Yeah. Like, I had stock in it when Hollywood Stock mm. Exchange was a thing. When and, Keanu was a tight yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... It's, I want to say well over a decade. Oh yeah. So well, I remember. I remember when we were, we had the casting conversation about it, and I was I was ardent for uh, Adrian Grenier. Yeah. To play to play Spike. What ever happened to him? He did Entourage, and it ruined his career. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Kind of killed everybody's career, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Remember when they tried to do a movie? The only person who the only person whose career made it out of that movie is Ronda Rousey, (laughs) and she barely she got by the skin of her teeth. Just but she she beat turtles, so it was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. (laughs) You want to know a good place to watch some good beat and go down? (gasps) Entourage. (laughs) It's not accurate. (laughs) It's a very peaceful (laughs) corner that we share over here. (laughs) Well, hello everyone. We, uh, we had kind of a light week of comics this week. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of weirdly light. Yeah. With 8 billion covers of... Uh, oh, I still got to grab that. I don't even want to read War of the Realms, but I want that cover. Which oh, the one? The one with the van? Yeah, the wizard <laughs> van cover? With <laughs> Thor painted on the side of the van? Yeah! yeah it's pretty cool. It's yeah. sick! <laughs> I wish the comic had been half as good as the 800 covers they put out. Aww. There was a lot going on. There's way too much for one first issue to try and juggle. I guess unless you're one of those people that's literally been reading every Marvel book that's been like, in two months, in one month, next week, war of this thing is happening. <laughs> I I admit, I uh, without knowing how to follow half of what was going on, I, it was, I, I had a fun time reading it. I have no idea where it's going to go or what has gone on, but I did see a little bit of what Jason Aaron started building up to that came to accumulation here but way back at the beginning of the lady uh, the lady thor run when she got the hammer and was trying to figure out her stuff for the first time malekith was starting to do what he has now accomplished at the beginning of this comic which was basically taking out all of the nine of the ten realms that exist within you know like the asgardian mythology and whatnot and midgard's the last one and he's taking all of the armies from the other nine realms and attacking earth so that's kind of the premise to the story, and it was definitely... What a jerk. Yeah, I know. He's just a... He's a butthead. Loki's dad is not a nice person. No, he's not. <laughs> he's he's also a butthead. There's lots of buttheadery going on in this comic. <laughs> but... Head. Head. You said it. Uh, there's a couple others from uh, Marvel this week, I think, that were... The, the only one oh. that you need to ever mention is Major X. Oh, oh bite no. <laughs> Travis. So actually, I've, dis- I've discovered something about Mr. Layfield. He, that's, so the origin of Deadpool's mask and costume design and everything is purely because he's really bad at drawing faces. <laughs> and so just the least amount of features he has to draw possible, the better. Unless someone is screaming like they're taking a dump, he just can't do it. No, he does two things. How <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. How you're so you, right. How much do you scream when you're taking your dumps, dude? You might need to consult a physician. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was I was flipping through some uh, some Deadpool classic. It's so earlier, bad. and then just comparing it to what he does now. Yeah, and I'm like, what happened, buddy? I know. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I've never Life seen got him down, I guess. 
Oh. It's just us bagging on him all the time. It's ruining his... If you can take a check, you can take a joke. You're one of the biggest names in the comic book industry. Lighten up. 20 years ago. Still a household name. Oh, the man. Fred Durst of the comic industry. <laughs> Nailed yeah. it. Nailed That's it. so perfect. That is poignant. Donnie, give yourself a banana trophy. Banana yeah. trophy for Donnie. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> not that one. Thank you so much. It's never been so clear in my mind how I actually feel about Rob Field, but That's now I do. That's exactly how I feel yeah. about him. Like he was cool for a second, and then I regretted every time I bought a comic. Modern Nostradamus <laughs> across from me here. And, and now I can never get his covers in because they want you to buy 200 of the other ones. Oh, yeah. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but his cover of Faith was all right. No, <laughs> 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 all right. It, we, we had a cool uh, Marvel team up. Yeah, with uh, Miss Marvel and Spider Man. We don't have a yep. Spider Man noise. Just play the Batman noise again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There we go. You're all wrong and bad. Which was a. It was a cool little issue where you. It it stopped in the middle, so you you read part of it and then flipped the book over and then read the other part. And they met. Closes board over here. Domino Hot Shots number two came out this week. Nice. Uh, one. Is that, someone still writing that? Uh, yes. Good. Yes. Hey, cool. did, yes. did you tell everybody that she solved the uh, gift GIF war? Yeah, yeah. She put it to rest. It's now uh, it's. Proper pronunciation is Jorf. <laughs> so that's how I will refer to it from now on. Okay. Jorf? Jorf. Okay. Jorf. I'd like to know how this was established, but I feel like we just talked about hey, it. Hey, Gail, Gail, Gail uh, deemed it so, so oh. it is so. Okay. <laughs> uh, self-made number five is out. That cover's cool, really uh, pretty. Yeah, there's. Uh, I, I'm bummed that I haven't been reading it, but it's a super cool. It's getting crazy. It is. Jorf. The spring special for uh, curse words. Yeah. Those co- those covers are always one of the favorite parts <laughs> of my week. It's just what horrifying thing are they going to put on there now? That whole universe <laughs> is just kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Champions number four with a cool Miles Morales cover. Is that now? Am I mistaken, or is that's not his normal costume? Is it that isn't that looks like the Spider Man 2099? It looks it's somewhere between them, it looks like to me. I can't quite tell with the with the light on the bag, but there was a really awesome uh cover for Amazing Spider Man 18 HU. <laughs> For the <laughs> for the for the hunted. Oh, look at this oh, guy! Okay, look at him leaping oh through God. the air with his <laughs> wait with his big feet. Is it murders <laughs> in the room feet. org? What is it? I don't know what's going on or why Spider Man's jumping around with Bigfoot. But <laughs> oh no! Wow, <laughs> it is <week>. awesome. <laughs> on the underground files. The artist, we had the, the Green Lantern number six from Grant Morrison with a brand new cover from 1968. Yep. <laughs> I actually, when I was uh, shelving stuff earlier, I came across the Adam Strange book. Oh, the one I was talking I was, about? Like, flipping through it. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is cool. It looks cool. I just have never actually gotten around to reading it. Sorry, look, Chad. Look at this cover, though. That's just. That super old school yeah. Flash Gordon ray gun. Yeah, stuff I dig on. it. Liam Sharp, the artist on this book, has been doing a really, really good job. It reminds really me of the. Uh, the old uh, Green Lantern Flash team-up comic that used to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to say it was World's Finest. It was called something else. Uh, the, you mean Green Lantern Green Arrow? 
the like the the hard traveling heroes that Neil Adams did. No, that's, no, this that's is, what this it screams is, to me. This is but. really old, like seventies, maybe early eighties. But okay. Green Lantern Flash always did a, a team up comic, and it was kind of like World's the Brave Finest. and the Bold. Yeah, that might have been okay, it, Brave cool. and the Bold. Yeah, but that's what it reminds me of the the old style, like that old like pulp kind of sci fi yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, over at Image, we had Die Number Five, which is ending the first story arc. And uh, the the friends of the game master that sucked them back into uh, the the game of Dungeons and Dragons, which is kind of like a Jumanji style kind of a game world, uh, they they really start to flip the tables and start to burn his world to the ground in this one. So it's uh, it's kind of <sighs> turning around. It's been it's been a cool ride so far. Nice. Uh, there's a new storytellers run starting up this week. Ooh. Oh, nice, Hanson, huh? Yeah. Those are beautiful comics. Uh, they do such a good job on those. The, f- the first story is Sirens. Ooh. Very nice. So apart from Sesame Street, is there anything, is Henson doing any, like the Henson Company, are they putting anything out these days? Comics. Just, is it comics now? I They're, have no idea. They are actually doing quite a bit. Like they've mm-hmm. been doing Labyrinth, they've been doing, um, oh geez, the Dark Crystal, like right. quite a few different Dark Crystal series. Now they're continuing to do more. That's really cool. Yeah. I like seeing them around. I miss that uh, show that, uh, what was it on Sci-Fi? Fraggles. No, uh, yeah, I was the, just the, about to say Fraggles. Where they where they create the, <laughs> the puppets? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, right. Yeah. That was a great show. Nice. Of course, you know about a show about puppets. Show. Of course, you know about a show. Meet the Feebles. About oh, puppets. Yes, please. Can we? No. <laughs> you got to watch it, Katie. I don't, is the thing. Uh, Image also had what? Section Zero that dropped this week. That looked good. I, it was interesting. You, okay, you I liked it? I picked it up. It cool. was, I'll probably get issue two. Nice. I totally forgot what the premise is on that one, though. It's a bunch of monster hunters oh, hunting gotcha. bugs. Cool. Cool. In, in my brain, troopers. I was getting it mixed up with a different one that's coming out by Scout about people with weird genes that have to be shipped off to an island or... Hmm. Hmm. Jordash. That's what I picture in boot cut. <laughs> Jinko. Hmm. Oh, jeans. We're like a lead balloon. We're making jeans ah! jokes. <laughs> wow. <I> feel- <laughs> All right. Acid <laughs> wash. Distressed. Uh, I recuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we come crashing to the end of Comics Corner this week. Yeah, right. So, so right into we, the opposite We jump wall. out of the yeah. corner. I wanted to bring up one from last week, uh, the, uh, the Batman 1000 that came out. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say how impressed I was that a comic that size didn't resort to the usual standby, one-third of it being a reprint of something from 1965. Yeah. They were all original new stories, all short stories, and some of them are really, really well written. Yeah. How like, was the Kevin Smith one? It was good. Was I, I, don't, I can't think of one story in there I was kind of like, meh about. Yeah. Like, my biggest gripe was there was two separate stories where Bruce basically outed his own secret identity in weird ways that you're like, uh, Batman probably wouldn't have done that, but okay. We'll see <laughs> like where, like because he's it's, fighting the Joker goons and his bank card falls out? Well, no, like uh, uh, <laughs> Leslie Tompkins and him are having a discussion and he's bat- dressed as Batman and a bunch of kids come to mug her, even though Batman's standing right there talking to her and they're like, he's not real. And so he starts... They, be- what, they thought they were group hallucinating? Well, no, no. They thought Batman wasn't a real guy and this was just some creep dressed oh, up like okay. him. Oh. And so he starts beating the crap out of the kids and she's like, Bruce, no! And <laughs> then he leaves them handcuffed and you're like, okay? Because mm. th- I know a lot of these short stories, a lot of times 
five years from now they'll actually go back and well this guy was a villain in that comic and now he's you know yeah. a super villain so just mm-hmm. it was kind of weird I, I, I noticed that point too but for a $10 comic I was expecting like I said usually a third of it is, is a reprint of something that you throw away yeah and this was actually extremely well done the art was amazing throughout the entire book yep. so they really made sure to get top top notch people yeah. to do that so kudos to DC for that indeed Okay, so that was the last uh, Comics Corner? Yeah, it was a late week this week. It was crazy. You know, leading up to, you know, it being Hellboy Week next week. Is that a thing? Market 8. I'm on your side! Market 8, dude. Uh, Excuse me. Market 0 next spring. Are you serious? Next week's Hellboy Week. Next week is Hellboy Week. Did you want to you want to tease it, Donnie? Sure. So uh, Donnie oh. will not be participating. <laughs> I have reasons. So those who will be listening to next week's episode, uh, warning ahead of time, there will be tons of spoilers. We're breaking yep. our our two weeks of silence rule, and they will be discussing Hellboy in length yep. for the episode. So if you haven't seen the movie, so and don't want spoilers. Don't listen to next week's episode. So, really, really hope we have Hellboy fans out there because <laughs> they're going to be bored, senseless otherwise. Next week is Hellboy Week across the board. So, the entire network for that week, we are doing Hellboy shows. We're going to do a Hellboy themed comics corner and a Hellboy themed underground files. Uh, I'm going to talk about nothing but Rainbow Bright then. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We'd expect nothing less. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, mark, mark that on your calendars is the week you might not want to download if you don't like Hellboy. <laughs> or, oh. or let us convince you otherwise. Yeah. Please and thank you. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just listen to our other deep dives before we get to the movie. Before you go through the spoiler cast, if you really want to know, if you don't know anything about Hellboy, go through the Comics Corner Hellboy edition, yeah. go through mm-hmm. your Underground Files Hellboy yeah. edition, yeah. Yeah. and that way go. maybe leading up to the movie, then you can get to see the movie and listen to our other podcast where there we actually go. discuss it. Yep. Sounds like a plan. So, so speaking of Underground Files, since you won't be talking about the topic I'm dying to talk about next week. Did you read the article about the two people in Bigfoot costumes who were out in the woods um, <laughs> enjoying each other getting shot? What? Enjoying um, each other getting shot? Hardworking. No, no. So, oh. <laughs> so, and then they got shot hardworking in Bigfoot costumes. You know, we will actually be <laughs> discussing um, the extradition process of Nazis in Argentina next uh, this next episode. So I have to, not to had To be time. fair, this sounds Dude, way more entertaining. Fair. <laughs> but please, enlighten me. Uh, apparently two people with the very odd fetish of dressing up like Bigfoots and going out and fornicating. Is there, con- is there cons for this? There is, but apparently they weren't told about it. Oh. But <laughs> two <laughs> hunters stumbled upon them <laughs> and thought they were actual Bigfoots and shot them. Which is illegal. <laughs> yes. You're not supposed to shoot the Bigfeets. It's illegal in the state of Washington it's also to shoot Bigfoot. illegal to shoot people, as it turns <laughs> out. Whether they're in Bigfoot costumes or not. I, Oddly that's enough, a area. there are so many excuses for drunk hunters to get out of shooting another human being. Yeah. He's coming right for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Dick Cheney. I was once shot so, in a hunting accident wearing a bright orange vest, and I was mistaken for a deer, so. Yeah. That was your dad. I, it did was. They, <laughs> did they die? No, I did not die. No, the, the Bigfoot people. Oh. <laughs> Next underground files. Donnie hasn't been here the entire time. Dude, he's a ghost. The whole time. Dude, if you made us Haley Jewel Osmond, I'm kicking your dead ass. 
<laughs> so, wait, no. did the people dressed up as big feet die? No, and matter of fact, the article said that um, the costume may have saved them. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Holy crap, what a great story. Oh, I'm going to deep dive this. Yes. So now, I'm only going to go into the woods dressed as Bigfoot now. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Can you convince your wife to do the same? Probably. Right. Oh, God. Is the military looking into Bigfoot technology? <laughs> Bigfoot armor. <laughs> they made a movie about it. Sam Elliott's starring in it. Oh. So before... Oh, we, yeah. yeah. I was like, man who shot Bigfoot and then... And then men who smell like goats? The guy, the man who shot Hitler and then, and then Bigfoot. Bigfoot. That's yeah. right. That's and me. Liberty Valance. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start the topic this week, I want to do a little... Uh, word association game with everybody. Oh, no. Oh, God. No, so basically, I'm going to say a word. You tell me the first word that comes to your mind and be honest about it. So, we'll start with Corey. Um, Sci-fi. Fantasy. Okay. George, sci-fi. Potato. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually kind of hard. I decided to say potato before you said the word that you were going to say. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um... Go, if you're okay, going to say Ian, sci-fi, go to him. Grimy. Grimy? Grimy. Okay. Travis. The, the same word? Yeah, sci-fi. It's, it's oh. sci-fi for everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I just automatically think of movies. Okay. Katie? Aliens. I have Jason. no idea why, but the first thing that popped in my head was Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> for sci-fi? Interesting. Yeah, know, right? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go with fantasy now. Uh, <laughs> Tolkien George Dragons And <laughs> sci-fi <laughs> This is going horrible by the way. I instantly thought of yeah. Conan Cool Mine was also dragons Could I have the clue again <laughs> Fantasy Island Pass okay. Use it in a sentence We're going to end this quick So uh, okay. Now horror Uh Shock. Ian? (laughs) Dark blood. Okay. The first thing that popped into my head, which wasn't really a horror movie, but uh, Aliens. Okay. Gore. Uh, That was mine. Gore. Yeah. Okay. Well, this went horrible. Um, (laughs) Yes, Donnie, you are a terrible host. I know. (laughs) So so my my point was going to be, most people, when they think of sci-fi, they pretty much all think of the same thing. Spaceships, aliens. Mm -hmm. When they think fantasy, there's usually swords, dragons. The tropes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about horror, horror means something different to almost every single person. We were having this conversation the other day, yeah. And, And... what got me thinking was horror needs to be, it doesn't need to be, but horror as a genre gets reinvented every few years. Yes. Um, they were, what made the topic, uh, the changing face of horror was there was an article released saying that Jordan Peele is going to be the new face of fear, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But about every, uh, it's, it's going to say a little less than a decade, but at least every decade we have a, a fundamental shift in the horror genre. We started out with Nosferatu being the first right, horror yeah. movie. Right. Moving into your your movie monsters, your Frankenstein movie, your, your Bela your, Lugosi's. Yeah, 30s and 40s right. universal yeah. monsters. And then we kind of shifted into the... Uh, 
the slasher flick. Well, you're, you, you've got you've got the Atomic Age. Well, the Atomic. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, we got the robot Atomic Age. Yeah, and honestly, that's where we kind of started blending genres too. Mm-hmm. Right. We had horror, fantasy, horror, sci-fi, and then we we get into your slasher flicks of the seventies and eighties. Yep. Um, so, so I think that the modern view of what horror is is only influenced by that time period. Which yeah. one? The Atomic Age? No, the 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 seventies oh, uh, okay. grindhouse. I can yeah. see that era. And I think a lot of it is too, is after so long, we start getting we we enjoy we enjoy being afraid. And after you've watched so many of a certain type of film, you're no longer getting that adrenaline rush that you used to mm-hmm. get. Yeah. So horror needs to be reinvented in order to give you that jolt again. Yep. Right. And a so, lot of what I've been seeing lately, and maybe this is just me being kind of out of the horror loop, because my horror taste kind of stagnated when we had the zombie, like, Intensity that happened a few years ago, five, yeah, around about mm-hmm. then. And it seems like to me lately, what I've at least seen, I haven't watched a whole lot of the newer movies, but it's a lot more um, domestic horror, more like a family sort of based. You know, whether yeah. it's you know paternal, like the, what was it? Um, it's a very family dynamic driven yeah. so, thing. I've, I feel like I could really, really soapbox right now because I've been I've been digesting a lot of horror documentaries recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, what it, you're absolutely right. What it stems from is it's a commentary on society. Like horror at its finest is always some sort of commentary on what's happening. Yes. Right. What do you fear? The 70s slasher film, the 80s slasher film all took place around white suburbia. Mm-hmm. The safest place you could be, you know, for white people. Yes. And that's when... You know, and it was these stalking creatures or people who came in and disturbed that. Right. Right. And then you have like poltergeist. Right. Which is actually the fear of dead brown people. Oh, my. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah. It's based. It, it is. It's yeah. racism. You're not wrong. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, so because it's an Indian burial ground. Right. Thank you for the oh, clarification. Okay. No, no, no. I was, I was like, yeah. I don't remember any well, brown people. No, it's just that it was the, the, it was about, it was, it was making a statement about how he even says it, uh, Craig Nelson says it in the movie. He says, you move the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies, which was a commentary on America wiping away the surface mm-hmm. and pretending like everything's okay. Well, that was a huge thing with, um, that was why Psycho blew up the way that it did because from that point I mean I'm sure there were movies that were made before then but that was the first really prevalent big budget movie where there was no monster there was no spirit there was no like weird entity right it was just a psycho it was just a man going around killing people and that was right after Ed Gein Ed Gein started being a thing and people started seeing things about mass murderers and serial killers in the news that's when that really really started so people latched on to that and were like oh my god this is a whole new thing we could make horror movies about things that really happen yeah and so you and then and then so what you're like Donnie's point um, I, I think is what you're getting to is as society changes, mm-hmm. we become a desensitized to a lot of things, and the face of horror changes. Like what shocks you, what scares you, what makes you come at this from a different angle. And 
I feel that a lot of it, even playing on a sociopolitical level, but I mean, like a lot of it is what's going to get people talking Mm -hmm. at this point and get them into theaters. Horror is a shared experience. Mm -hmm. I can sit alone and watch hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of horror movies, but it's not the same experience as a bunch of people getting together and watching it. That shared experience is part of what horror is because that, that visceral experience of, wow, we all jumped at the same time or holy Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time. (laughs) He killed Dumbledore. Um, (laughs) I'm just spitting out spoilers at this point, Uh, (laughs) but it's like that, that communal, everybody having the same emotional Mm -hmm. ride is this connective tissue that's being dissected by the one customer, one content streaming platform. How many of us as kids have memories of us going, not us all together, but us as kids with our friends and going to see a scary movie because your mom finally let you go and watch a horror movie for the first time. I remember that was one of my favorite memories as a kid. You know what my first one was? What? Speed. <laughs> really? <laughs> Sandra Bullock all over it. Just terrifying. Mine mm. was Halloween 2. <laughs> Halloween 2? Mm-hmm. Were first... you in Zyke? Like, you were just a the friggin' embryo? No, the Rob Zombie there one. You go. Oh! <laughs> I forgot I existed too. Uh, believe me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, she, she was not an embryo. She is still an embryo. Okay. Thus. Mm-hmm the Rob Zombie one. I'm 25! <laughs> You're being awfully quiet. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think, because the, the first movie that gave me nightmares, most people wouldn't even consider a horror movie by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But it was a scene in a movie <coughs> that scared me so much that it gave me nightmares. So, the animated Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, the <gasps> friggin' Ring Wraith! Yeah! So, for those of you Horrifying. that are under the age of 40, um, the animated Lord of the Rings, what they did... Ralph the, Bakshi. What they did with the, the Ring Wraiths is they actually took regular humans riding horses, then animated on top of them, so you could actually see things moving underneath them. Ugh. And It's called rotoscoping. Yes. Yeah. And... For some reason, that scene terrified me into my teens. To this day, that scene yeah. still and it's troubles not, me. It's not. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be spooky, but as a child, that one stuck with me forever. Where my parents, they didn't rein us in as far as what we were allowed right. to watch and not watch. I know I watched most of my stuff at your house. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, the first horror thing that I remember seeing was a movie called Galaxy of Terror. It had... Um, was that a Roger Corman movie? It may have been, but it had Joni in it from Joni Loves Chachi. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You can see your boobs, by the way. Oh. Nice. That's, a, that's an automatic half-star upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first horror movie I remember seeing, and the special effects weren't that great. So it, 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 for me, to, to actually be terrified of something... It's got to, it's got to, I got to be able to feel it. Mm-hmm. I can't be taken out of the moment by, because there were so many, I love bad horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, 
but I don't love it for the gore. I love it because it's so cheesy and so bad. It's hysterical right, we, when it's that's, bad. Right. That's why all of us love it. But yeah. for that reason, though, I can, I'm can. i not a huge actual true horror fan right. yeah. on anything else. I'm just kind of, eh, whatever. I'm right. curious, um, does anybody have the shared experience of seeing something that frightened you as a kid and not getting to the point where it would stop frightening you? And what I mean is, uh, I think it was House on a Haunted Hill, the original Vincent Price one, yeah. which, mm-hmm. spoilers, he's just making it up the whole there are no ghosts it's just it's a yeah he's it's, a, it's an insurance fraud scheme, yeah right so good in that movie but i didn't know that and i couldn't handle the movie i couldn't the, get the through skeleton it skeleton scene it scared me to yeah. the point where i never finished the movie so i thought for a long time that there were actual ghosts in that movie oh i never got to the explanation you you want to this is dumb because it's not a horror movie i mean it really is but it's not classified as such but the movie that terrified me to my bones as a child that I couldn't finish was Howard the Duck. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, that one's so scary. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch that movie. There's so I was much sick. wrong with that movie. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, just like just uh, the 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 Ferris Bueller pedophile uh, yeah. guy. Yeah. That dude, Jeffrey Jones. Yes. Yeah. Ter- opening the gate to the demons realm. Yeah. I I ran and shut the VCR off and like threw the tape across the room. And I was freaked out. And doesn't he like tongue the the, the cigarette lighter at one point too? Yep. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so go ahead. I was going to ask. So those of you that are true love the genre of horror films. Mm-hmm. Is there any type of horror that you just don't care for? Torture porn. Yeah. Yeah. Breach. I hate it. Really? So the, the the saws, the human centipedes. There, saw. There I is, wouldn't put in that. No, no, no. Category. There is saw. Yeah. And then there's everything that came after. Yeah, it. Right. that's what I'm saying. Saw is one of the greatest like suspense thrillers I've ever seen. Yeah. Anybody who tells you they saw that twist ending coming is lying through their teeth. Right. There's no way. But everything that came after it just. How much gore can you take looking at? That's not my thing. Right. It's the exact same thing as nudity for me. I mean, whatever, nudity. But um, if if it's pertinent to the story and it's a catalyst to help keep the story going, it's my favorite thing on the planet. But when I can see the cogs moving and I can see you're just looking for excuses for this. You're just, you're not trying to tell a story. You're just trying to be as gory and gross as possible. Then I'm out. So like the, I really tuned out of horror in the 2004 to 2008, 2010, maybe because that was, that was all you were getting Mm -hmm. was the saws and the hostels and, I just didn't care. I was like, God, I'm just not invested mm-hmm. in being grossed out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so you went, see, to, you went to Freddy versus Jason, and then you're like, Mike, drop him out. Yeah, see, I kind of, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I stopped pretty much at like the first Final Destination movie. After that, I was just kind of over the whole genre, other than uh, Cabin in the Woods, which, which me, turned it on its ear. So yeah. Right, which to me, I can't even classify that as a true horror movie. That That is a riff on a horror movie, right. if yeah. anything. Well, so. it's, it's a, the, what got this conversation going between you and I the other day was I came home and my wife, who will tell you over and over and over that she does not like horror. Mm-hmm. Everything she likes is horror. But anyway... <laughs> uh, I came home and she was watching The Quiet Place. Which is such a scary, like, it's a 
And I go, you're watching a a horror film? Yeah. And she goes, well, it's not really a horror film. And I was like, I hate when you say that. It drives me. I hate the delineation of what is or isn't horror. But it isn't horror to her. And that's kind of the whole point of this topic is what may be horror to you may amuse the hell out of Ian. What may be horror to her Maybe a walk in the park for for Jason, but that doesn't. What scares people? I is don't. A very unique experience to so, that person. No, so you're absolutely right, but I don't think that's what classifies the genre at all. So for me, as far as what like legitimately scares me is, it's why I'm a, it's why I'm such a big fan of Japanese horror because they do it so much more. Is it's <laughs> tentacles? It's <not laughs> Also, yes. Horror and porn are different. (laughs) Not my world. Not not when it's tentacle porn. (laughs) You guys need help. Um, So... (laughs) No, because with American horror and Western horror, it's very like gritty and fast paced and super like intense. And there's a lot of chase scenes and then there's a lot of gore and blood, blood, blood. It's a lot like angrier almost. But with Japanese horror, it's much more sinister. It's way more psychological. Typically, it's older. And well, the thing that drives it more is disturbing imagery. It's not necessarily about, oh, my God, it's a jump scare. It's more about finding an image that's going to be burned into your brain forever. So so we could go ahead. No, I just we need to start wrapping this up. Oh, you unleashed Pandora's box. I (laughs) know. We're running a little hot and we still have to do birthdays. Maybe we'll make this a two-parter and come back to this. Okay, we could totally do that. Follow on to Hellboy, I think. But uh, this week we want to wish, coincidentally, Craig T. Nelson is uh, 75 today. Dan yeah. Simmons, the Don't author of uh, me, <laughs> Hyperion Chronicles, which if you haven't read it, it's a really interesting sci-fi uh, series with the Shrike. Uh, Hugo Weaving is 59. Hmm. King of the nerds. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Robert Downey Jr. is 54. Iron Man. I don't know if he's taking any sort of thrones or if the fans kind of... Mr. Smith. Well, yeah. Or Agent Smith uh, and... and, uh, Elrond, right? Elrond. Oh, yeah. V V for Vendetta. Oh, that's a good call. Dude, Hugo Weaving. Yeah. yeah. yeah, He's all over the place. And Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Dude wins. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) On the other side of things, we have David Blaine, who's... 46. I just wait for the next event where he says he's going to sit somewhere and not eat for days and days and days, but he's not protesting anything. He's just proving a point uh, <laughs> that nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah. Mixmaster Mike is 49. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Grumpy Cat turns seven. Oh. <laughs> the meme or the actual cat? I, you know, I didn't actually go down the it's, rabbit hole in that one. Got to be the meme. Come on. It's the cat. Yeah, all right. It's the cat. I say it's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> the meme is the cat. Oh. Cat is the meme. Well, with that, folks, just remember next week is our Hellboy episode, so tune in or don't. I'm not the boss wow. of you. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are putting a really hard sell on this. I, I, I'm excited I for it. I'm you. so excited I'm for I'm really it. excited. But it is uh, is an exercise in our love of Hellboy. <laughs> So, I'm going to ask all kinds of dumb questions and get murdered on air. That sounds good. <laughs> so, Jason, is this or is this not your last week? No, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here either way, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, Katie? Donnie? Travis? <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Ian? Donnie? Ian? Donnie? Oh, Ian. George already left. I'll say bye for you, too. <laughs> George? 
Corey. Hey, <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And with that, folks, we are out of here. Nothing can kill the grass. Can kill the grass. You've been listening to AU Radio. Music is provided by Cubby and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. like to contact the show follow us on twitter at au underscore radio facebook at au radio podcast instagram at au dot radio or you can email the show at podcast at adv you can also support this show and all the shows on au radio by becoming a patron of the au radio network find us on patreon as au radio at adventures underground you can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month thanks for listening I am extraordinarily busy, sir. I just wanted to ask about the chocolate. The lifetime supply of chocolate for Charlie. When does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What rules? We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong. Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if, and you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc., fax mentis incendium gloria calpum, etc., etc., memo bis punitor delicatum. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.